everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. So I'm super excited to have you on, guys. This is Val Griffin. I'm so excited tonight. Like I said earlier, we're going to be chit-chatting about tips and tricks for successful co-parenting. I've already had people message me about how this is a topic that they can relate to, some things that they had questions and concerns about. So I'm excited to hop into this one. Yes, absolutely. All right, so let's just jump in. Who the heck is Val Griffin? Why is this topic personal for you? So I um, am a mother of a 15-year-old now, but um, became a single mom when he was just barely three. Um, His dad and I divorced when he was a toddler, and it wasn't always easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and act like everything was great in the beginning because it wasn't. But I learned a lot, especially, I mean, when you think about 12 years of um, co-parenting post-divorce, there's... There have been a lot of trial and error. There have been a lot of mistakes. There have been a lot of lessons learned, but it just became something very passionate to me. I was like, you know, I just, as a school teacher as well, since I teach school as well, I see kids that come from broken homes and I see the strain and the stress it puts on them. So I just kind of made it my goal and my mission to not try not to do that to my kiddo. And then also, you know, I I just like to, other people have come to me and asked me, how do y'all do this? How do you, and I just love to share my story. So that's one of the, I was so glad when you asked me to do this because these, it, it, I'm very passionate about this topic. I love it. So you're the first person that's actually, so I have emails and messages all the time about people wanting to share their story regarding different topics. And you're actually the first one I've gotten regarding co-parenting. So I hopped on it mm-hmm. because it's something that, Um, I, as a child, did not experience, but I know it's super relevant now. I feel like there are more split families than whole families. Like, as time goes, I feel like that's more and more prevalent. So I feel like it's super important to know how to handle that and just tips and tricks. Now, I do want to start off by saying with every podcast that I do, every episode, in the words of Brene Brown, not quoting her, but close to We're not here to be right. We're here to get it right. So everybody's story is a little bit different. And of course, just like every other one, this is just our story. This is just our point of view. We want to share awareness, kind of what works for us and what doesn't. That doesn't mean it may or may not help you. This is just something to kind of go off of. So don't take it like written in stone. It's grain of salt just to kind of help spread awareness. I know some co-parenting just won't be as easy. Yeah, sadly, sadly, some just may not be as easy as as some others, but I think it's super um, important to learn maybe some tips and tricks, especially for people starting out, because it's tough. And, um, you know, my friend Taylor made a good point earlier. It's good to know that good co-parenting can exist. Yes. I feel like it gets a bad rep just when you say co-parenting, you're like, ooh. It does. It does. But it can. And it, um, but like you said, I, I acknowledge that not everyone's situation is like mine. Um, I think it takes both, both of the parents willing to do it. And when it's possible, I think for one parent to be a little stronger in the area than the other, but I do think, I mean, at the end of the day, if you've got one that's just unwilling, then yeah, it's, it's going to be a struggle, but hopefully I can help somebody with that's, in this situation that is able to get both parents on board and make it a little easier. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Not Alone with Townsend. If you're enjoying these live streams and podcasts and want to see them continue, head over to patreon.com slash townsendtmusic. Your support means that the research and time and effort that goes into each one of these episodes can continue and we can reach out to more guests and do more awesome things in 2022. All right. Back to the conversation. All right, so let's start by defining co-parenting. So uh, what, it, what does that mean? What does that look like for people that are like, what a co-parenting? What does that even mean? Is that a new term? So when I think about co-parenting, I think about, you know, just two parents that are, you know, trying to, of course, co-parenting can be done in the home. That's not a broken home as well, obviously. But co-parenting for me is in a divorced home. Um, working with Kyle's dad to make decisions for Kyle. When he's with me, it is not, they're not 
he's not just mine. They're not just my decisions. When he's with his dad, they're not just his decisions. We work together about everything. Um, we don't ever make any decisions without, you know, talking with the other one. Doesn't mean we always agree on them. Um, and we, but we've learned how to work through those. We've, we meet in the middle sometimes, but a lot of the times we do agree on what's best for Kyle. And, but there, but there are times when we've had to, you know, kind of meet in the middle on something. But for me, co-parenting is just, and it's, it's communication, communication, communication. That to me is the key. If we didn't communicate as well as we did, I had to get, you know, we have to get past that point of, I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to, you know, all that, it, that, that I had to just realize this isn't about that. This is about raising a kid and raising a kid in a stable environment. Even though it's a broken home, it can still be a stable environment, but you've got to communicate and you've got to be on the same page at both houses in order for that to happen. So co-parenting to me is just two people that are working together for the best of the child, regardless if they agree or not. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I, I like how you said, although you're divorced, it's, it doesn't have to be unstable. Something that, you know, you and I had met earlier to just kind of talk about this topic, because, again, it's not something I grew up with. Obviously, I know about it. Um, I see it happen all the, all of the time. But something we talked about was, you know, when you do co-parenting, it's not even just you and your ex or partner or re however you want to word that it's not even the other person then comes in step parents or grandparents or step grandparents or step kids. And then you've got, I mean, you're with a 15 year old, you've got his opinion too. So man, that just like, that just sounds dirty. Like there's so many people and opinions involved in that. Absolutely. So, um, Kyle does have a stepmom. Um, they've been married 10 years. Um, when, but I, I'll, I'm the first to tell you when it first happened, no, it wasn't easy. Um, it was not. And it was, but it was, you know, I also, after a period of time adjusting to the, you know, another parent being in the picture, I learned to look at it as this is another person that's going to love my kid, that's going to protect my kid, that's got my kid's heart in their, at the best interest. And so I had to get to that mindset to begin to be able to accept that, you know, this person is, is in this for Kyle too. It's not, you know, she wasn't in any way going to do anything to harm him or, you know, so she was a great, she's a great person, but I, it was an adjustment um, because you do have another opinion, someone else that's, you know, she also is a parent. So I did, you know, a lot of her opinions and things I do value and, but it was hard. It was a hard transition to add that that step parent in there but now um 10 years later i can tell you that i wouldn't want to be on this journey without her um she's a fantastic stepmom she has helped me numerous times i can call her and say can you help with this and she'll do it but it wasn't always that way you know it was a it was a rough start we had to kind of um come to some agreements on some things that we didn't necessarily agree on. She and I had to meet in the middle on quite a bit, but we did it and we worked together and now we have a great relationship. Yeah. That is awesome. I, I can see that being super confusing. Like, you know, you're already working over a relationship that didn't work. There may be some pride in there, some jealousy, just all different types of things. And then you add in this new person who adds, more stress and pride and jealousy and all those things to you, plus their opinion. You may not agree just because you don't like them at that moment. Like that just sounds like it could get so, so sticky really quickly. Um, so let's talk about your situation personally. Okay. Um, and, and we kind of touched on this already. So it's been like 10 years. It's you've had a stepmom in the picture. It just kind of worked a little easier as time went. I know when it first started, you said it wasn't always, you know, roses growing. So how long did it take you to kind of get comfortable with the flow of things? Like how, how did y'all decide like, okay, this isn't comfortable. This is awkward, but this is what we're going to do from here. Right. So like I said earlier, as a teacher, I've seen a number of kids that have come from situations um, that aren't always, you know, able to co-parent the way we are. 
but I've also seen some families that have come through my classroom and things that have been able to co-parent. And I had a particular family um, when I was teaching years ago that really stuck out to me that the parents came together at conferences and they, they always got along well when anytime that there was something at school, they came together. And I remember specifically thinking when his dad and I divorced, I want to be that family. Like I want to be that for Kyle because that kiddo, I watched him all year, never struggle with feeling pulled by one parent or the other. It was never, you know, Oh, I'm going to be at my mom's. I can't do that. Or I'm going to be at my dad's. It was just, it just worked and it flowed. And I saw that through the kid myself. And so I thought that's what I want for Kyle. Um, but at the beginning it, it wasn't that easy. I mean, you know, we had two separate households. I was trying to, you know, set rules over here. His dad had rules over there. And then you quickly see that the only person that's truly hurting when you're trying to do all these things separately is the kid. And so I had to, his dad and I both agreed. We both saw it at both homes and we were like, this, this isn't going to work. We've got to come together and work together on some rules, some boundaries, some things that are good for Kyle in both houses. So he feels stability when he's at either house. And so that's exactly what we did. We just had to, I would say the first six months were very rocky. Um, there were disagreements, there were um, arguments, there were, you know, all those things for about six months. And then it was like, whoa, this is not what I want for Kyle. And when I brought it up to his daddy, he was like, I completely agree. He was feeling it too. And so it just kind of took both of us to realize it and then like sit down and let's talk about how we can make this work. And so the first, um, so Kyle was, you know, lived a single mom, single dad for five years. Um, and then when the stepmom came in, it was another adjustment. It was, you know, we had that third parent that was coming in and, um, I, we had a rocky start for a little bit. And then again, I would say a few months in, we sat down and I said, you know, we needed to sit down the three of us and kind of talk through some things. And we even included Kyle in some of the conversation, like, you know, what part of this do you need us to do better with? What part, you know, and it was just, um, he was a little older then. So he, he could, you know, say, this is really hard because at this house I do this and at this, you know, involving him was a huge thing. And some of it was hard. Some, some of my, um, the things I had to get over were hard. They weren't, um, it wasn't like, oh, it was just so easy to sit down. And I mean, we had some hard conversations, but when all was said and done, it was all of us could agree that it's, it's about Kyle and not us. And we've got to do what's best for him. So that's pretty much, it, it took a good six months to really get things to start smoothing out for sure that that's a, honestly a way shorter time span than I would imagine um, I don't feel like I'm a jealous person or by any means like uh, mean or conniving or anything but I imagine I don't know it something like putting myself in those shoes letting my child go to this house without my eyes on him and then adding a stranger in that would be just so so hard to put your pride aside and I feel like hearing you talk about it, I feel like that's what I see the most is the parents almost using the kid as a pawn. Like I'm mad at him. So I'm going to do this to make him mad. And I think you worded it perfectly. The only person you're hurting is the kid. You're not hurting the other person. You're just making it harder on everyone, but the kid is hurting the most. Absolutely. And you brought up a good point when you said, you know, letting him go, to his dad's, especially when we're talking to three years old, that was tough. Um, but I also knew without a shadow of a doubt that his dad loved him as much as I did. He was going to protect him. He was going to, and I just really had to learn to trust and let go a little bit. Um, I, there were some, some hard nights. Nights seemed to be a lot harder than daytime. Um, when he started traveling with him and taking him on little trips, um, it was hard. It was a hard adjustment, but I do think it was important that I allowed that I not allowed that. That's not a good choice of words there, but I, I think it was important that I um, was okay with that for Kyle to see that, you know, yes, I trust your dad. I respect your dad. 
And same thing with me. I mean, you know, he never has questioned anything when I've said I'd like to take Kyle away for a weekend or we're going to go to the beach for a week. It's never, um, we've always just trusted that the other parent was going to do what they were supposed to do as a parent. But I know, again, not everyone has that situation. Not, you know, there can be situations where it's a little harder to let your kiddo go for the weekend. And I get that completely. I think a lot of that helped because we were in the same town. Um, we, we've always lived within five minutes of each other. And so that has, you know, obviously added, eased some anxieties with that too, because I'm like, if, if Kyle needs me, I can get to him in five minutes, you know, or whatever. So that has helped too. It didn't matter if he lived across the U.S., you'd get to him in five <laughs> I'm probably, you, you are exactly right. You are Let, right. Let's be honest right now. Um, yeah, so I could see, okay, so again, putting myself in your shoes, my mind immediately goes to how do you not become competitive with the other spouse? So like you think about Christmas and it's such an exciting time of year, but you're kind of like, I don't want him to be more excited to go over there or them do something more fun where he doesn't want to be with me. I want to get him the big gift this, this year. Like I could see that being really awkward and it might kind of also play into the part like we talked about earlier. Sometimes you just got to set your pride aside. Um, like, is there, is there a way that you guys handled that or did it just kind of flow with everything else? Do you feel like that goes with just putting your feelings aside? Yes. And in some ways I did just put my feelings aside because it was different at the two houses when it came to celebrations and things like that. Um, as far as like holidays and things, we've always tried to keep it as um, consistent for Kyle as possible. So I have, he has always been with me on Christmas Eve. So we, we've kept that, we kept that tradition, um, you know, wake up with me on Christmas morning but when it came to being competitive a little bit, his dad was really good about letting me know, like, here's what I'm thinking about getting Kyle. Are you okay with that? And it usually was quite a bit different than what I was getting him. I'm not going to lie, but um, we always talked through it. And it, um, even the very first year it was, we talked through it and it was kind of like, you know, when he was younger and he made Christmas lists and then we were like, you know, let's, we kind of tried to split it up as best we could. You get these things, you get these. And then, and we just, it's just always been, um, I just think I was able to put my feelings aside and not, and I, again, I, in everything I do, I try to be like, it's not about me. It's, it's Kyle, you know, it's, it's, he didn't ask for this. It's, he doesn't, he shouldn't be punished for this. So, I've just always kind of had that mindset, even when it came to things like, you know, gifts and holidays and things, just like, this is what's best for him. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like even like as an aunt, so I've got nieces in my family and even as an aunt, you come into that position of like, I can't afford that or I can't do that. I can't do these extravagant gifts and things. So you have to come to the mindset of like, you can only do what you can do and you just got to know that they know it came from a place of love, no matter how small or big it is. And so even not being co-parenting, like the family dynamic, sometimes it's just so tough, no matter what dynamic you have. Um, sure. So even in that aspect, I've had to come to terms with like, it is what it is. Like they know I love them, but I can't take them to Paris on their birthday or say, you know, just something like that. Like I got them a crayon set. It is what it is. They know I love them anyway. Um, yes. So what do you feel like, what do you feel like were some of the hardest parts about it? Like, obviously there are going to be seasons of tough things, but what were the things that stuck out most to you? So in the beginning, the hardest part was the nights that, you know, he would go stay with his dad and I was at the house alone. You know, that was, um, that was probably my biggest adjustment. Now with him being 15, um, we really don't have a schedule anymore. He kind of floats between houses. And so I get to see him a lot, which I love. But when he was younger and it, you know, his dad would want him for a couple nights and I would just, it was gut wrenching at first. I'm not going to lie. I cried many nights um, when he was gone, but I would always tell myself he'll be back in a couple of days and this house will be loud and noisy again. And 
we'll be going to get Chick-fil-A. Like I just would have to remind myself it's everything is temporary. It's just, it's temporary. And, um, I would say that that was probably the hardest that first year, just because he was so little and, you know, he was in pre-K and it was hard things like dropping him off at school, not getting to, it was like, Oh, I want to just go by there and pick him up and take him myself. But I couldn't, I couldn't, I could, but I wasn't, I was gonna, you know, I needed to respect that his dad deserved to have that moment and that as well. And so I gave him, um, I tried to step back a little bit as, as a, too much of a hovering mom at times and realized that his dad deserved those same opportunities that I wanted, you know, it wasn't, and then I would think about, you know, if we were in the same household, it would be, you know, I wouldn't have those feelings. So I just really had to kind of put my feelings aside once again and realize that it's Kyle needs his dad just as much as he does his mom and his mom as much as he does. You know, when he was at his dad's house, you know, I'll never forget the first time his dad said he wanted you so bad last night. And it just broke my heart. But at the same time, I was like, he does think about me when he's over there, you know, but it was, you know, those times when he was younger were definitely harder. As he's gotten older, just because of age, I think it's eased things. It's, I'm still missing when he goes, but he, um, it's just different. The younger it is, the harder it is. I will completely acknowledge that. Yeah, I imagine. Now he can kind of state his feelings and his stances on things and be like, I don't really want to do that. I don't like that we do that or whatever, you know? Yes. Um, so what, what are a couple of, I guess, tips or tricks, advice that you would give people going through this process themselves? So I think one of the biggest things we've talked about, obviously, is communication. And I feel like that goes with almost every podcast I do. Communication is key for anything. Um, what else do you feel like is important or how can you handle communication in this particular area? So one thing I think has been proven so important with us is consistency. Like Kyle knows what's expected of him by both parents at any time. He knows that, I mean, we don't, yes, there are obviously things that are done a little differently at different households, but when it comes to like foundational rules and this is, you know, what we expect of you and school requirements and things like that, he, it's very consistent between both of us. Um, so I think working together and having some consistent rules and expectations is so, so important besides the communicating. Also something we tried to not do was to ever expect Kyle to be our communicator. Um, we tried not to put him in the position where, you know, call your dad and tell him this, or, you know, tell your mom, I want you this weekend and I need her to switch. We never, we tried our best to just never put Kyle in the position of being the one that has to do the communicating. That was, that's our, that was our job. And Kyle's job was just to get to be the kid and try to make the best life for him. So. I think that's a big thing I've seen so much of is we is parents trying to put the kids in the middle and make them be the middleman. And it really creates a lot of friction that could be, um, that shouldn't be a part, shouldn't have the kid as a part of. Yeah. I think those are really good. Those are, so the three C's almost communication, consistency, and don't have the, the child as the communicator for the TV. I think that's really good. I feel like, um, making kids grow up too much or making them feel like there's friction between the two parents or like they're choosing or their secrets between the two. I know in past episodes, we've talked about how traumatic that can be for a kid and it, it just changes the way that they view their parents or, you know, it just, I don't know. It just isn't fair. They just need to focus on being right. a kid. Like you're the adult, take the responsibility. It didn't work out. Put your pride aside and put the kid first. Cause in all, that that's what matters is putting the kid first. Absolutely. And again, it's not that easy. We say it like, just love each other. Yeah. It's I think not. It's not. And I, that's, that was one of the things, you know, when you and I met, I was like, I just, you know, I don't want people to think that, oh, well, she's just got this all figured out because I don't, I promise you. It has been a work in progress and time has helped a lot of that. Um, but I just think it's possible for, you know, people to get to this point when you've got two people that are working together, but 
I know it's not um, necessarily the case for everybody. And I respect that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think, I think you like you said, just knowing that it can happen is amazing in itself. It may take work to get there, but like anything else, no matter how messy of the situation, it can be worked out. You can find middle ground. Um, did you guys, I know we didn't really talk about this before, but also something that I'm big on therapy. Did you guys ever go to a therapist, maybe to have an outsider's point of view, or did you take Kyle to a therapist just to kind of let him have someone to vent to, or did you guys just sit down and have those meetings yourselves? The meetings with his dad and I were always just the two of us. We were able to just kind of sit down and work through those. Um, I went to a counselor for my own personally um, for a period of time, about a year after um, our divorce. And I mean, there was, it was more than just, you know, going to counseling for divorce. It was also um, talking about, I mean, she helped talk about healthy ways to parent together and things. So we did, I got some tips from her. I would share them with Kyle's dad and he was always on board with that. Um, Kyle talked to our, his um, church pastors um, several times throughout the process and was able to, you know, get support there. But mine, um, I did use a licensed therapist, a Christian counselor to help me. And it was so beneficial. So beneficial. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's super important. Like, obviously I'm going to say someone that knows more. So like I said, a mentor type, it doesn't have to be a therapist, obviously. Uh, for me personally, I would rather choose someone that's specialized in that area than Joe Blow off the street or a friend that's going to take your side. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like, especially in this particular arena, I feel like it'd be super important to have somebody be like, okay, you don't know either one of us. So here's what's happening. This is what I think. Does that seem selfish? Does that seem like I'm putting my kid second? Like, I think it'd be really cool and beneficial to hear an outsider's point of view. Because sometimes, like I said, your friends are always going to take your side and make the the co-parent sound like a terrible person because that's their job, right? To support you. And I think my biggest takeaway from her, and I still, when I see her now, she, you know, she's always like, I'm so proud of, of the way y'all made this work. But my biggest takeaway from her when I was going through all that was she was like, you always show respect for Kyle's dad in front of Kyle. And she said that will take you further than, than any other tips I can give you is to respect in front of him at all times. And so that was something that I, oh, there were times I got mad. I'm not going to lie. There were times that I was frustrated, but she was always in the back of my head going, respect him because Kyle's watching your every single move. And his dad has always been really good about that too. He's always been respectful of me. And um, so Kyle has Kyle has seen both parents respect the other for the last 10 years, even though he's from a broken home. It, he doesn't see the arguing, the fussing, the fighting. Doesn't mean it's never happened, but it just doesn't happen in front of Kyle. Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. And I think that goes into, you know, keeping the kid out of the middle of it. He doesn't yes. need to be the communicator. He doesn't need to know your secrets or what mom needs to know and what you need to tell her, like have it happen between you two. And when you're in front of him, show respect, preferably show respect at all times. But we all know we're human. Sometimes we got, you know, we got a harsh tongue because we're human. We, we say things we don't mean. Um, okay. So we talked about this earlier, but something that my mind keeps going back to is not only does this affect the two parents, but everybody else comes into the picture too. So when we say co-parenting, that doesn't even mean just the two people with the kid. That means step parents. I mean, step kids. I means grandparents coming in the picture, aunts, uncles. So I can only imagine how messy this gets. Like there are just so many opinions. And we kind of touched on that already where, you know, you just kind of take them into the process as well. You sit down and you meet and you communicate. Um, were there moments where the three of you had to sit down together. Like, so you, the dad and the stepmom, did you have to sit down together, reevaluate what was happening and be like, okay, this isn't working. We need to change this. Absolutely. We've had many conversations over the last 10 years. Um, the three of us, it hasn't always been able to, you know, we hadn't always been able to sit down and have a conversation. We keep a group text going all the time, especially now that we've hit these teenage years, we communicate a lot in these teenage years, but 
um, we've definitely had our moments where we've had to sit down and say, I, you know, we need to talk through this. I'm not completely agreeing with how y'all are doing this, or maybe they weren't agreeing with how I was doing something. And we've had a lot of those moments that we've had to sit down. Um, as far as like grandparents and things go, they've always just pretty much been supportive of whatever we, you know, they, they supported whatever we did. And my parents have a very good relationship with Kyle's dad to this day. Um, very strong relationship. And, Kyle sees that too. He sees that, you know, my grandparents still love my dad, my, you know, my, my aunt, my sister and him are still very close. So it's, um, but we definitely had those moments that we've had to sit down the three of us and talk through some things in order to come to some common ground on and do again, what's best for Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. So did y'all, how'd you find a schedule that worked for you? So I know some people, um, you know, when you go through a divorce, sometimes it's in the paperwork. So it's already written down. You can only have weekends. You can only have certain days. How did y'all figure out a schedule that worked best for you? Maybe if it's not in the paperwork or, you know, court ordered, whatever. Um, how do you figure out who gets in when and celebrates what and split? And like I said, going on vacation, how, how in the world, what's the best way to go about that? So... We, there's paperwork that says we're supposed to do this, we're supposed to do that. We've never been able to follow it, mostly because his dad travels. Um, he has a job that requires him to travel quite a bit. And so some weeks he might be gone on Monday and Tuesday. The next week it might be gone Friday through Monday. You know, it just changed constantly and still does. So we've never been able to follow like an every other week schedule or a 223. A lot of parents do that 223 schedule. Um, but we've always just had to, you know, kind of, it's almost like we've done it week to week for 10 years, 15 years. We've just done, or 12 years, we've done week to week of, you know, when do you travel this week? When, you know, cause obviously when his dad is in town, he wants to see him. And I have to be a little bit more understanding and giving there too, because last week I might've seen him Wednesday through Sunday and next week. I might not see him Wednesday through Sunday. You know, it changes every week. So I had to kind of learn to accept change a little bit better. I probably wasn't as good at that before this. And I had to realize that, you know, it's okay. It doesn't always have to be the same. You know, it, it's okay if we change things up. And I think with me being a teacher, that allowed some flexibility for his dad to be able to, you know, my job obviously doesn't require traveling. And then I also, when I was, when he was in elementary school, he was with me in the school building all day. So even if he had been with his dad the night before, he ran to my room every morning. I got a big hug. I, you know, he came to my room after school and, you know, I, I was very fortunate in that area. Um, but our schedule has always been very hit and miss because of his dad's travel schedule. Holidays, like I mentioned earlier, We've always tried to do, tried to keep it very traditional for Kyle. And when he was little, Santa always brought gifts here. And we, you know, he got up and had his Santa stuff here. So we've just been able to make that work. And then, you know, his dad would just do things kind of around um, whatever was best for Kyle. And we just tried to keep the traditions as stable as we could for him. So that way... Again, I think a lot of kids feel that pull and that tug around holidays because sure, both parents now, and I will say this, we have, we spend um, a lot of Kyle's birthdays. We always do together. We've always, um, you know, had when he was younger, we had his parties together. Now that he's older, we all go to dinner together for his birthday. I mean, we've never had to, there's certain things that we just make it work all together and we all join in and then there's times that we do you know I'm, I'm gonna want him this time on Christmas Day and then I'll bring him to you at this time and they're at least you know we just work our plans around that I think that is awesome that says a lot about you guys for sure as people like being able to do that that's tough like I said even just trying to put myself in your shoes or in that position you know recently um, I was playing some gigs in Virginia and we met a couple there that um, I guess for lack of a better term, they had a broken home as well. So stepkids, kids, and they talked about how they spent the holidays with the um, 
partner that they had the kids with. And I thought that blows my mind. And they were like, well, we don't want the kids to have to choose and we don't want them to feel tugged. And so their explanation was, it makes me uncomfortable for a couple of hours, but the kids are happy and they're content and it keeps consistency in the home. We put our differences aside, we get together on the holidays and whatever celebrations with the ex-partner and it goes fine. It's okay. We live another day. Um, and I, that just blows my mind because when you think of co-parenting, that is not where my mind goes. Mm -hmm. So the fact that people can be so um, loving and not selfish, put themselves aside for that is so cool. And to know that that can happen is very reassuring. And I think, I mean, I've also, I always look for the silver lining in these things. And I think one of my things is I've realized that, especially with a stepmom, I mean, moms can be so helpful. And so like when it comes to planning the party or whatever, I'm quick to call her and be like, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can we do it? Can we have it at your house? I'll, you know, I'll bring everything, but I want to do it at your house. I mean, it's just been, I've learned that, you know, Working together can, you know, can really have its perks too. It could be a benefit to me as well as Kyle and to Kyle's dad and his stepmom, everybody. I mean, we can all benefit from this. It's just a matter of, you know, getting past some differences in order to do that. And I think, and that, like I said, it, we haven't always been this way, but I think 10 years under our belts has probably helped a lot too. Right. Yeah. I would, I would say probably so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and it all kind of comes back to, I'm repeating myself, but just for me, I think the biggest takeaway is, man, just learning that we're so selfish as people and it just really puts the light on you. Like, okay, is this really about me or is this about me being the best parent for my kid? And it's almost like everything we've touched on tonight, my mind goes back to, you kind of have to put yourself in that position and hold a light above yourself and really question your intentions is this best for my kid or am I doing this out of anger or resentment for someone? Cause it's not, like I said, the only person that's going to hurt is the kid. It's like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to hurt. You know, you're just mm -hmm. going to hurt you and the kid and it's just going to build a lot of resentment. Uh, going off of that, if you had one takeaway for people over tonight's discussion on co-parenting tips, tricks, whatever, what would you want that to be? You think? I think I would have to go back to what I said about not, allowing the kid to be the mediator, the communicator. That has probably been the biggest benefit for us all along is not putting Kyle in the middle of anything, of any decisions. Um, now, as he's gotten older, yes, we've included him in things like, you know, are you okay with this? Or what do you think about this? Or, you know, I think, you know, when he first started traveling with his dad for longer periods of time, it was hard on him at first he's you know i think just not having your mama there was a little bit hard at times um so there were some we sat down and had to have some conversations about you know should we shorten this trip a little bit because he's not quite ready for you know seven days without seeing me or seven days without seeing his dad he was a little more understanding about not seeing his dad because he's used to his dad traveling he's never i mean with me it's i've always been around so that has been um we just really had to work together to communicate with each other rather than putting him in it because it was just that was where and, and i made that mistake i will fully own that i made that mistake in the beginning of you know kind of putting kyle in the middle and letting him feel a little bit tugged and i, I it took me one time to see what it did to him and I thought, never again. It was just, I, it, it still, I mean, it, he was young then, but it still sticks with me today. Like, I just, no, no, can't do that to him. Yeah, I have seen uh, firsthand parents do that before to young kids and just like, you know, whisper something in their ear. Like you said, to make them feel a certain way, to make them feel guilty for a certain choice or to make them see the other parent differently. And as an outsider watching that happen, you can see it immediately affect these kids. And like I said earlier, it doesn't do any good. It causes resentment. It causes awkwardness. Heck, it may have them resent you because the kids feel they're 
they're not stupid. They feel the tension, they feel the resentment, and then it just makes them not know what to do. It makes them, you know, if you disrespect one, they're gonna disrespect them as well. It just leads to a total mess. So I think you make a good point there for sure. And that was something I even, you know, when we met and kind of talked about some things, I asked Kyle that night, I was like, Kyle, like what is some, what's one thing that you think has been the most beneficial to you about having parents that work well together, that co-parent well together? And he said that exact thing because he has friends that have gone through this and he's like, mom, y'all never made me feel like I was in the middle. You've never made me pick. You've never made me choose. It's always been, you know, whatever's best for you, bud. And that's, and he's like, that has probably been the biggest thing for me is to not ever be, to not feel like, oh, mom wants me here, but dad wants me here. And he's, and so it meant a lot to me for him to, that he realizes that, it, you know, at 15 years old, he's like, I've never felt like I was in the middle of y'all. And so I think that would probably be my biggest takeaway for somebody. It was just absolutely, if at all possible, not put the kid in it, you know, even though it's so hard, I know it is. It's so hard to not do that. It's frustrating sometimes and you don't want to talk to the ex or whatever, but it, it only hurts the kid in the end of it. So it's just best to try to keep all the communication between the two parents. Yeah. Talk about discipline. <laughs> yeah. That's like getting in an argument and trying not to say anything that you'll regret or trying to not get upset. That takes a lot of discipline, but with practice, you can do it. Yes. So, um, as I said earlier, he's 15. So, um, we've got, you know, there are things in this season of life that we really have to, um, stay on top of. He's a great kid, but I mean, it's just, it's an age it's, it's, it's tough, but, um, we've always pretty much agreed on how we discipline him. Um, we generally both houses, you know, if, if you get your phone taken away at my house, well, it's taken away at dad's house too. Or if you've, you know, if you're grounded at my house, you're grounded at dad's house. It's, it's always, um, we've always tried to do that. So that way Kyle knows, well, I can just run to my dad's when she's mad at me, or I'll run to my mom's when, you know, it's, that has been, um, probably helpful in keeping him on the straight and narrow is just because he knows, you know, it isn't going to get any better at the next house. <laughs> I've got to, I got to stay in check when I get over there too, because the first thing I would do is I would call his dad and be like, here's what happened. I've taken his phone away. And, you know, so if you need to talk to him tonight, you'll have to call my phone and, you know, and vice versa. His dad has called me before and said, you know, we're going to, reel it in for a little bit over here and would you do the same? So we've always been able to work together on trying to keep that consistent too, just so that Kyle knows it's not going to be, the grass isn't going to be greener over at the other house. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's important because otherwise he'd just run over by you. He'd take advantage of you showing the respect and everything else and just be like, well, y'all are going to show respect and I'm not going to get in trouble. So I'm just going to go over here and get what I want done. So I think that's important too, setting you know, clear apparent lines and being on the same page with those lines and regulations, I guess would be the best way to put them. Uh, yes. You know, as I hear you talk, we've been talking about broken homes and divorced homes or never married homes, but really I think everything we talked about also goes with co-parenting in the same home. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, co-parenting can be hard in the same home. I mean, it, I, I mean, I most certainly agree with that, but it, you know, a lot of these things that we've talked about could just be applied to those situations as well, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I came into, ironically, I came into this thinking broken home, divorced, raising kids in different, you know, two, three different homes, step parents. And then I just realized all these, all this advice really goes for people that are in the same home, whether married or not, even if you have the kid in the same home, these still are great tips and tricks for that as well. Like you still have to show respect for each other. You still don't need to have the kid in the middle of whatever you two are going through. It's still important to have that kid maybe not see you yell and argue and show disrespect, maybe do that somewhere on the side, but also keep it apparent and real with the kid. You know, like this is where we're struggling. How do you feel 
in the situation? Uh, how can you explain like what you want to do and setting those rules and guidelines like very firm? Like if I want them to be grounded, you need to keep those rules as well. He can't just run over us. Yes. Cause I think, and he'll even, I mean, you know, we laugh about it with him now as we're like, but you just don't stand a chance. Do you? He's like, Nope, I don't. I mean, he knows that we just, I mean, there are not many days that go by that I don't talk to his dad at, either through a text or a phone call or, I mean, we, we communicate daily, especially during these teenage years, like, you know, making sure we are both aware of where he's at and, He's spending the night with this friend the night and he says he's going to stay at your house tonight. I just want to make sure he's there, you know, especially now that, you know, we're reaching the driving age, all those things. I mean, it's, we have to communicate daily and we do. And he knows that he knows that. And let me tell you, the best thing ever is life 360. When you have children that are teenagers, life 360 is where it is at. He hates it. Kyle hates it, but I am a huge fan of life 360. <laughs> there are a few notes I want to make on that. One, praise the Lord 360 was not a thing when I was a kid, right? <laughs> Two, that kid doesn't stand a chance. Three, I remember being 15 and I remember how dumb you are and you just make stupid mistakes. And I, in the same home, would ask my mom and if she said no I'd just go ask my dad and if he said yes I'd be like but dad said yeah and then leave them in that situation and I think back and I'm like oh my gosh I was such a good kid too but you know well the other one will say yes and even if not I tried you know what I mean so I, I, I just I respect you guys and I think it's so so cool that you make it work out and like I said earlier obviously it is not all roses. We smile and we laugh about it. I know it is an extremely hard thing to do. Heck, it's hard for me to give my dog up to my mom and not stress about what they're doing. And she's got to be on a certain diet. And, you know, like you just, it's just hard. We have to give up control and you have to work with someone else and you got to put your pride aside. So all of that, very respectful. I appreciate you sharing your story. I know that's tough to do for everybody watching. I know, um, it sounds a lot easier than it probably is, but that's what we're talking about. Just letting you know, one, that it can help. Uh, it can work. You may need some outside help, such as like therapy, counseling, a mentor that can give you some outsider point of view, but it can work. It can help. Um, okay. Were there any references or resources, speaking of therapy, that helped you through this journey? Was there anything you turned to? This little handy dandy book right here. Um, I have read it cover to cover multiple times. Um, My Single Mom Life by Angela Thomas. And not necessarily so much of co-parenting tips in there, but just how to parent as a single mom. Because even though we co-parent well together, at the end of the day, I'm still a single mom. And, you know, we communicate and all that, but there are still some times where I have to make a decision or I have to. And that book... For anybody that's a single mom out there, that book has been so helpful. It has notes written all in it. It had, I mean, tattered pages. It's It's been read thoroughly multiple times. So that would probably be my, my the resource that I went back to for many, many years and probably could benefit from reading it again now, especially since these, we're in these teenage years. She has a section on that. So a lot it, of things you could read during the teenage years. You probably need to read your Bible. Hold your tongue a little bit, not beat a child. I mean, let's be honest, 15 is a tough age. I was a really good kid, and my mom, I think, would say 15 was tough. Yeah. And and that we're at that point, you know, where he's a pretty great kid, but it's it still brings its challenges, just that age and all the things. But um, And something else I thought about a few minutes ago that I meant to share at the beginning that my therapist had told me when I was seeing her was she wanted me to think of, family dynamics like a tree. She was like, you know, your branches are going to go different ways. They're going to grow different directions. Divorce happens. Other, you know, she said, but you got to remember the roots of that tree and set that foundation for Kyle. And that way, because, and and especially as he's aged, I've thought more and more about her telling me that because I'm like, you know, I'm Kyle's mom. He's Kyle's dad forever. We're going to, you know, yes, he's going to grow up. It's happening real fast, but you know, we're going to probably be grandparents together one day. We're going to, you know, there's going to be, we're going to be a part of each other's lives forever and it needs to be as healthy as possible. And so I've always tried to go back to that, um, you know, 
it's okay that things didn't work the way we had hoped they were um, going to. It's, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be um, a terrible situation. And I think we've just, I've always focused on making sure that, you know, we gave you that strong foundation, really dug in with those roots before we um, let him, you know, before he had to kind of grow up and, and being in a broken home for him, I think has had its challenges. I don't think, you know, even though we've gotten along great and we've co-parented well most of this time, it's had its challenges. He does have times where he misses me or misses dad or, you know, wishes, you know, that we were both in the same home. But so I, I don't, you know, I think he would be the first to tell you, no, it hasn't always been easy, but um, we've always just tried to do whatever we could to make it as easy as we could for him. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for sure is you're going to get it wrong. That's just part of it, right? Even if you were in the same home, separate homes make it even more challenging. So the fact you've made it 12 years, kudos to you. That's amazing. That's longer than I could have done it and kept my sanity, I'm sure. But I think just knowing he's getting old enough to know that you tried. He's yeah. loved no matter which home he goes to. He can go to the other home and feel just as loved and just as stable. And I think that's the important part. You know, I've done um, topics with people, you know, uh, parenting and family and love and things like that. And I think it all comes back to you're going to mess up. That's just part yeah. of it. Just as long as you try, they know you're trying and there's love at the end of it. And like I said, roots, you know, you remember those roots. I think that's really all that matters. Yeah. But your kids will grow up and they will realize that you were human but that you did your best. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Val, it has been a pleasure chit-chatting with you. This is a topic, like I said, uh, you reached out about doing one on co-parenting. I was like, a thousand percent, absolutely. That is one that I wouldn't have even thought about, but I'm so glad that you did. So it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Everybody that logged in, thank you so much. Val, I hope you have an amazing evening. I will post this on my podcast and my YouTube channel soon. This was so, I feel like, pumped up. I feel like I learned a lot. Good. Thanks for yeah. having me, Townsend. I sure enjoyed it. You did amazing. Thanks. All right. We'll chat later. Everybody have a good one. All right. You too. See ya. Bye. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at Townsend Team Music for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty.